Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Hello, everybody. It is uh, January 7th, and we're in the studio, and we have remotely none other than Executive Director of ANJRPC, Scott Bach, on the show. And uh, since it's the beginning of the year, and we're hoping to hear a lot from the lower courts and everything that's going on, and most of our popular shows last year were when I read uh, Scott's editorials from the ANJRPC news briefs. Slamming. He, uh, you know, slamming is right. Firing people up. I thought it would be appropriate to have him on the show, the entire show, and, and, and there's no, no news to talk about and no agendas or anything, but we just, what is that noise in the background? That's Scott's computer. Is that his fan running? Yep. You hear your fan running, Scott? No. Oh, well, we do. (laughs) So you're going to hear Scott's fan running in the background, ladies and gentlemen, but he's coming in loud and clear. So without further ado, Scott Bach, start talking. Hey, guys. Great to be back. Great to talk to you. Happy New Year and uh, welcome to the resistance. Mm. Yeah. I like that. But so, Scott, let's let's talk a little bit. You, you know, there's so many cases from the mag ban, the assault weapons ban, sensitive places and all the other low hanging fruit. And, you know, being that you're so hardwired in and, and a lawyer by trade from 100,000 years ago, uh, tell us, just give everybody we got for the next hour, just broadly tell everybody what, what your thoughts and feelings are from the state level all the way up to uh, Washington, uh, D.C., please. Sure. Well, listen, there's a lot going on and there's going to be a lot more going on in the future. Like one of the biggest questions I get is when is all the other stuff coming? Um, and what I mean by that is right now we've got the uh, carry case. We've got the assault weapons ban challenge and the mag the mag ban challenge and everybody you know we have a hundred other issues we're going to get to but from thirty thousand feet the big the big thing is we've got to get through the existing cases we have okay the lowest hanging fruit we have is the right to carry challenge or what you're calling sensitive places uh mag ban and assault firearms ban cases and those in my opinion the outcome is assured, and we're just on a track and going through motions right now that we have to go through to get to that outcome. But we can't put the cart before the horse. We've got to have victories in those cases in order to build on them. For example, if we took a smaller issue and brought it up first, before certain principles are established as mm-hmm. a baseline, it could blow up in our faces. So so the first thing everybody needs to understand, 2024, I predict, is going to be the year of um, major movement in, in all three of those issues. Okay, and I want people to understand that although there, some people are discouraged by the fact that we don't have instantaneous, uh, complete victories, that's where we're headed. And in my entire career as a Second Amendment advocate, I've never said that with such certainty. Never. Okay. You've, al- you've always been the opposite. Yeah. You've always been really conservative in your, in your uh, uh, stand and assessment. So I like hearing this. So go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry well, to interrupt. I'm just excited to hear you talk this way. Well, I'm saying it because we're in a different posture than we've ever been in before. And people need to understand that. And that is the law has already been decided in the Bruin case. Ever, up until now, we've been waiting for, you know, these seminal, basic, groundbreaking decisions on what the Second <coughs> Amendment means. We've already had that. And what's going on right now, just, just the big picture, is resistance from anti-gun forces in the governorship, Governor Murphy, in the legislature. It's true of any movement that has been controversial in constitutional history, in Supreme Court history, the civil rights laws of last decade, 
okay, were, were clearly decided by the U.S. Supreme Court, it took 10 years for certain states to stop resisting them anyway. And that's what we're dealing with right now on the Second Amendment. We're in lag time. The rules have already been set. And now we're dealing with, in lag my time. opinion, childish resistance, hmm. a temper tantrum that kind is going... Kind of like uh, legislative constipation? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, except it's... It's um, it's more than constipation. It's cramping too. Ooh. Okay, it's because listen, they're having a hissy fit, and they're used to getting their way. They're not used to being told you can't do this, and they are not used to being told that you can't like rewrite the Constitution. They think they're masters of the universe. <laughs> they think they're smarter. They know better. Things written hundreds of years ago no longer apply. And um, so their M.O. is when the U.S. Supreme Court does something they don't like, they pay lip service to it in words, but then in their actions, they do everything to violate it. And the clearest case in point of that is how Governor Murphy and the New Jersey legislature reacted to the Bruin case on right to carry. They, you know, in their signature legislation, you know, from 2022, you know, establishing a new carry law in light of Bruin, the first thing they say in their law is, well, Bruin's the law of the land. We have to follow it. Okay. They say that in like the preamble. I mean, it doesn't say it that simply, but that's what it means. But then they go on in the entire rest of the legislation to turn Bruin on its head. So it's honestly, it's a juvenile mentality because they say, Aha, we are so smart, we're going to pay lip service to Bruin and fool everybody as we then turn Bruin on its head. And no, so, okay, so what am I saying? I'm saying that we're in lag time. We've got fist-pounding government officials having a temper tantrum and some courts going along with what they have to say temporarily, okay? Listen, government is lawless in these days, okay? We are looking, you know, in, in the real world when the U.S. Supreme Court speaks, that is supposed to be the supreme law of the land. Everyone is supposed to accept it and follow it. Not, nope. not in this era. Nope. Okay. It doesn't exist in this era. We don't like it, so we're not going to follow it. So, you know, so what's going on? I mean, you can drill down and get into the details of that. All right. So what's going on in the carry case is, you know, we came out of the box swinging. And we got a great TRO, great injunction, almost everything we wanted. And the state immediately said, went to the middle-level appeals court, the federal appeals court, and said, no, no, we need to put this on hold uh, because uh, we're appealing this. And the middle-level appeals court, federal appeals court, put most of, you know, most of the lower court's decision on hold. Now, what is the basis for that? I mean, just think this through for a second. The U.S. Supreme Court says the sky is blue, Right. New Jersey is trying to say the sky is green. There's a middle-level court that says, well, for now, most of the sky is green. Mm. Weird, what do we think is going to happen at the end of the day when this goes back to the Supreme Court, when it, and, which it inevitably will? Is the Supreme Court going to be convinced that the sky is now green? Mm. No. Nope. Clearly, it's going to go back to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is going to say, no, the sky is not green. It's blue like we said it is. Now go paint everything blue. Okay, so this whole thing is a fool's errand, but we have to go through it. And ANJRPC, the Association Gun Owners in New Jersey, are, listen, we're fighting the good fight. We're going through the motions as we need to do it. But Anybody who can think for, for more than 30 seconds sees where this is going. We just have to go through the hoops and get there. You know, maybe, you know, listen, we live in strange times. Maybe there's a plan afoot to try to corrupt 
the composition of the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, you know, these days, who would be shocked to see anything happen? Nothing, you know, nothing okay. shocks me. Okay, but if you look at the way the Supreme Court is now, even even with the anti-freedom forces that are on it, they have spoken. They have spoken clearly. Lower courts are resisting. State governments are resisting. It's going to come back to them, and they're going to be corrected. And I'm very confident of that, and I've never been able to say that as long as I've been an activist. So gun owners need to understand that the, you know, what we're going through now is unfortunately made necessary by the temper tantrum of lower-level government officials, but we're going to go back to the Supreme Court, and guess what the Supreme Court's going to say? They're going to say we really meant it. Okay, if they didn't mean it, they wouldn't have said it in the first place, which is why I can speak with confidence about the outcome. Same thing on the Magban case and the assault firearm case. Okay, although, you know, Bruin didn't deal squarely with those particular issues, it set rules that are very clear in those issues. And obviously, there are multiple cases around the United States on those issues we're not sure our case is going to be the one to get there first but we're in the hopper and you know sooner or later those issues are going to be decided they're going to be decided in favor of gun owners then we start rocking and rolling on the smaller issues and i say smaller only because they're less um you know, right to carry is a, a basic. It's it's like stated in the Constitution, the right to keep and bear arms. It's a foundational issue. Magazine ban, it's a fundamental hardware issue. Um, same with the assault weapons ban, fundamental hardware issue. Then we can start to get into smaller subsets of issues, things like some of the nuances of New Jersey gun law that clearly don't comply with Bruin. But as, listen, what we're all learning the biggest wake-up call for gun owners is the Constitution is not self-enforcing. Hmm. Just because it says it, and just because the Supreme Court has affirmed it, doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be. We have to, you know, we're going to have to work to enforce it. It shouldn't be that way, but that is the reality. It's a reality we're dealing with, and, you know, we now have the wind at our back. You know, for, for you know, decades we've been... <clears throat> you know, walking into the wind. Uh, you know, everything's been resisting us. We didn't have these rules set. But, you know, so as we go into 2024, we should all be very, very grateful for what we have, and we should be grateful for what we're going to do with it because the, the course is now set. We just have to walk it. We have to sail it. You know, we have, you know, we have a pathway now ahead and it's clear it's been cut and now we have to walk it we're going to have to it's it shouldn't be that way everything should fall on and automatically come into line with the constitution and what the supreme court yeah. has said but that's not going to happen somebody's going to have to enforce it and guess what we're going to do it gun owners are going to do it so it's now, funny how Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. You, you know, the tyrants always learn how to work a system to where here we, the people, have to pay on both sides, both through our taxes for individuals who are fighting to take our rights away, and then again to defend those same rights using our money also. And they know that. So... It's fun how they, if, a, if they agree with the Supreme Court ruling, like Roe v. Wade, for instance, instantly it becomes law. But here, they challenge every step of the way. And like you say, Scott, they're, they're, it's a temper tantrum. They just continue to fight, knowing full well that they're not going to win in the end, but just to nudge us in the meantime. Drag it out. Yeah. Just drag yeah. it out until we all die. I mean, right. basically, right. That's, that's what it or feels like broke. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That's what it feels like. And so, Scott, let, let me ask you. Talk about the uh, 
the Third Circuit with our sensitive places. What what is the what are the possible scenarios? What, when do you think we'll hear from the courts? I know you can't give me a def, definitive answer, but you think January we'll hear from the courts? No, January, not, I, February. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I ask this question to our counsel, Dan Schmutter, all the time. Oh, he ain't. He's not going to answer you. We have him on the radio show all the time. <laughs> I know. Non-committal but, Schmutter. But, well, listen, there, there's a reason, and that's because the, you know, the Third Circuit can act. It's not under any deadline to act. Yeah. So, now, should it drag it out? No. The, the, listen. Is it possible that it could drag it out? Sure, if there are activist judges who want to keep their reversal of the TRO in place, in other words, they want to like keep blocking most of the carry law and drag it out, they could drag it out for a year if they wanted that's, to. That's what the Second Circuit's been doing in New York, right? Yeah, well, yes. I mean, right. listen, yeah, who knows? Maybe they just have a busy docket. Oh, but, yeah, uh, but they don't have a busy docket for other cases that are important to well, them. You, you know, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right, and, and Sandy's point is very poignant. You know, when you really take the look at, a look at this from 100,000 feet, this isn't about right versus left. It isn't about a difference of opinion. I mean, let me just be blunt. It's, it's good versus evil. Yeah. There, there is a movement going on that transcends boundaries, countries, constitutions, yeah. and there is an agenda that, that people are trying to quietly unfold, and I say quietly, they're not quiet in what they're doing, but the agenda itself is very quiet. It, they're just trying to ignore the Constitution, mm -hmm. not just of the U.S., but of every nation. Mm -hmm. They're trying to implement something, and... Part of the reason the Second Amendment is such a third rail is because it, it's in the way of their plans. They can't have an armed populace. Their plans don't include the ability of people to resist tyranny and oppression and government control. And, um, you know, some of us have known this for a very long time. It's now become more and more apparent for everybody to see. Anybody, anybody with eyes to seek is starting to see patterns emerge and you know understand that the second amendment is this third rail or a lightning rod because it's you know they can't have this you know they've mm -hmm. taken over every area of society and the one thing left the one means left that people can resist is with firearms and that's why it's such a hot button issue that's why people are suspicious every time there's an incident that is used as an excuse to try to usher in gun bans and, and firearms bans because it almost feels like there's an agenda that's being unfolded. And you're absolutely right. When it comes to implementing the other agenda or the evil agenda, there's no delay. It's instantaneous because that's the unspoken plan. Okay, And guys like us get in the way. They didn't plan on people like us. They didn't plan on organizations like ANJRPC. They thought they would be able to steamroll us and railroad us. And they don't understand or acknowledge their, their in denial over their loss. And, um, you know, they think if they continue to do what they've always done, that it's somehow going to go away. But in the meanwhile, I say the Bruin case, Heller and McDonald case, the, you know, the, the gradual and, you know, slow movement in our direction at the Supreme Court that's now picking up steam is just the beginning of a new era. They're going to have to, you know, listen, it's not going to be so easy for them to implement what they want to implement. You know, and, Scott, also communication platforms like this podcast, other podcasts, you know, alternative communication hurts their cause tremendously as well. Because they, they can't keep things a secret like they've always done, you know, behind the cloak, behind the veil. It doesn't work that way anymore. There's all of these alternative communications. That's why big tech is constantly silencing us, constantly, you know, throttling our reach and everything because they know it's killing them that people like us can communicate. You know, 
uh, this radio show. It's been going on for so long, and we have so many people listening to it and passing it around, and people that come in the range commenting on things I say, whether it's a joke, uh, murdering somebody's name, or when it's your deadline to requalify under the CARE, um, you know, concealed carry program. Our governments, our overlords, they hate that we have this. This is like the Green Dragon back at, before the uh, uh, before the American Revolution, where they sat in pubs and bars and, and spoke in secret at night. So that that is a that has been a huge gain for us. And quite frankly, I'm surprised that our, our tech overlords haven't hammered this form of communication yet. To well, be they are with you. they are hammering it. They're they're listen. First of all, they're not too bright. Okay, they had a vision of, you know, implementing an internet, getting people addicted to it, and then using it as a control tool. They didn't bank on, you know, things like this podcast to come along and actually be a, a counterforce and spread a message of truth. So, so number one, they're not too bright, okay? Number two, they're trying to, th- you know, as you say, throttle it and control it, um, there are people I listen to who think that part of the way they're going to respond to this type of movement is by shutting it down. Yeah, Okay. Uh, you know, again, another temper tantrum. Well, if we can't control the message, we're going to, like, shut, shut down the, the means of communication. So, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be surprised at anything given, you know, the way things are unfolding not just in the U.S., but in the world, okay? It's almost, it's almost like a laughable Bond villain plot that's going on. It's, it's almost, it's hard to believe that there, are, that there are people like this, and they're so, to me, they're comical when you look at them, okay? You know, like they're, they're car- almost caricatures, but they're totally serious. Uh, they're hell-bent on control and they're because gun rights get in the way of that they're hell-bent on destroying gun rights and destroying the people who are defending gun rights and let me tell you something you know a lot of my own life and our lives collectively come into a lot sharper focus when you see the movement that's going on right now like this attempt to take over the world and like in my own case I didn't grow up in the gun culture. I grew up in New York City, okay? I came to to the Second Amendment. I came to self-defense. I came to personal protection through life experience. It came out of left field in my life. And it was like a bolt out of the blue in the 1990s. And I was questioning it. I didn't understand why I was drawn to this. And I questioned it and I you know, as time went on, you know, things started happening, doors started opening. All of a sudden, you know, I was involved with NRA and the state association and, you know, things started happening. Now that I look back, I can see, I can see that these things have happened for a reason. And I would say to everybody who's listening to this, if you're, if you've listened this long, if you're still listening to what I'm saying, it's because at some level you understand this, you know this. If you feel passion for the Second Amendment, it's because it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. This has been given to us because we've been tasked with defending this right and this freedom at a very critical time in history. That's why, you know, people haven't understood why, for example, at ANJRPC, we take Second Amendment advocacy so seriously. We agonize over mm. details and we f- have fought through what looked like sure defeat, what looked like certain defeat forever. And yet we fought with every bit of strength and vigor and enthusiasm and creativity. And it's, you know, I'm sorry, you've heard me say this before. It's like the stonecutter metaphor. You know, you have this giant boulder with a guy sitting on top of it with a tiny little tool hammering away at it and it looks like nothing's happening. Okay, and he hammers away and hammers away and hammers away and people laugh at him because, you know, he's not going to break this giant boulder with a tiny chisel. And then, but all the while there's these little fissures forming that you can't see. And then all of a sudden with one hit, 
the whole thing splits wide open. And that's the moment we're in right now. We are in the moment where we've had that one hit and the, the fissures are spreading and we're going to blow the whole thing wide open. I, I would have to agree. It's it, the, the culmination of where we've gotten from where we've been fighting for <clears throat> for so little and then to have the Bruin decision come out. And I know you were upset because it wasn't our case that the Supreme Court's granted cert, but the timing wasn't right, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that the consolation prize is that our Third Circuit uh, case for a sensitive places ends up before the Supremes. Scott, before before we go to break in about five minutes, so the our case at the Third Circuit, can you tell us uh, flowchart-wise what, what we're looking at? What's next? So what if the Third Circuit comes out in our favor, or what if the Third Circuit comes out against us? What are the next two or three steps? People need to understand that. Where, where, what direction are we moving just for that case? I, I'm going to conference in Dan Schmutter for this, but I'm, ah. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, don't need, I don't want a prediction. So no, what if the Supreme Court rules in our favor? Well, well, we're not we're not there. I yet. mean, not There's the Supremes. This, what if yeah. the Third Circuit rules in our favor? Well, the, the first thing is the Third Circuit has ruled on uh, temporary relief. It 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 has to then rule on the larger the larger picture. Okay, um, so it could still go our way in the Third Circuit, or there could be advances in the Third Circuit. But let's assume that the full, the full Third Circuit and its it goes through its process, and at the end of the day, it's the same result. Um, the next step is we we have a, a possibility of going to the full Third Circuit before we go to the Supreme Court. It's called en banc, mm-hmm. okay, because we, we just support <coughs> a three-judge panel right now, and that's the way it works in the Third Circuit. So, so you can either appeal directly to the U.S. Supreme Court, or you can go to the full panel of Third Circuit judges called en banc, I mean, en bank or the whole as a group, uh, and ask them to over overrule what the panel did, or you can go directly to the Supreme Court. What Which one you pick is a tactical decision that you need to make based on a variety of factors. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court has made it clear that although they are pro-Second Amendment, they don't want to take cases that are not fully ripe. So, you know, like they've, they've refused to take some interim cases and, and, you know, like in New York and in other places, people have misunderstood those decisions. But the Supreme Court has basically said, no, no, we want these to percolate fully in the lower yep. courts before we rule. So... A decision would have to be made about whether to seek, you know, the full uh, rehearing of the, the full Third Circuit on banc or go directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. However, now, OK, so if the if the if we go to the full on banc Third Circuit and they reverse the lower court, it pretty much would end there. If in in a world of intelligent, reasonable people, because there's no way the state would appeal to the Supreme. Well, Court. it's highly unlikely. I mean, if if I were the state, I wouldn't do it because we know what the Supreme Court's going to do. So if if I'm the state, what I'm going to say and and the the full Third Circuit on Bonk has reversed the three judge panel, I'm going to say the intelligent thing to do, the reasonable thing to do, is to say. The last thing I want to do is bring this to the U.S. Supreme Court and have them lock it in forever. So I'm going to suck it up, take my lumps, and hope that, you know, in 20 years we can reverse it. That would be the rational approach of anti-gunners, uh, you know, of what they would do. However, they're not rational. <laughs> True. Okay. They True. may not wait 20 years. They have a different agenda. They don't really care what... I mean, we're dealing with people who are essentially lawless. So true. they may continue to pass these blatantly unconstitutional laws and try to like railroad and through the force of blunt inertia, just try to, you know, like ignore it and put the burden on groups like ours to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and try to wear us down. They don't play by the same rules we do. So it's anybody's guess, um, you know, 
I can tell you this is not legal strategy. This is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. As leader of ANJRPC, I would want to get this thing to the U.S. Supreme Court, mm -hmm. okay, um, rather than an en banc panel, because I think, I think the U.S. Supreme Court is itching. They're disciplined, <coughs> but I think they're itching for an opportunity to say to the lower courts, no, we really meant it, and to legislatures, you know, to, to, to smack down, uh, you know, temper tantrum lawmakers and judges who don't like it and to, to set things right. Okay, now, listen, from a legal standpoint, if an en banc panel of the full Third Circuit holds a certain way, in Jersey, it's the same result for us, but it's better for the country as a whole if we now have two rulings from the U.S. Supreme Court that say, no, this is the way it is, and, and uh, this is the way it's going to be, and we're not going to tolerate uh, attempts to ignore us. So, hmm. yeah. It's a lot. Uh, let's let's take a break real quick, and when we come back, I want to talk about Magban case, assault weapons, uh, you know, evil features, and um, anything else you'd like to discuss. So, without further ado, uh, since Scott is in, a, in on the show with us today, anjrpc.org, anjrpc.org. I'm on the board. I'm recording secretary. Scott is the executive director. It is the state affiliate of the National Rifle Association. We have our own range that's called Cherry Ridge. It's up in Vernon, Highland Lakes, uh, New Jersey. Beautiful facility if you haven't been. But if you go to anjrpc.org, you can join as an associate member. You don't have to be a range member for $40 a year. And with that, it gives you a hotline and access to Second Amendment attorneys that will answer questions for you. So where do you get legal advice from 2A attorneys for $40 a year, you cheap bastards? <laughs> We are also accepting donations of any denomination. We will even take gold, silver, palladium, and uh, weapons-grade plutonium, I believe. We had gotten one donation last year of that. Uh, any donation. That was a joke. That was a that, joke. For oh, record. God, the lawyer just woke up. <laughs> the... Uh, the uh, the uh, the donations are to help with the lawsuits because this is not free. Uh, we do get uh, because of Scott Bach and I being NRA board members. Scott does a lot of petitioning, and we get money uh, for 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 lawsuits and cases from the NRA Civil Rights Defense Fund and grants and stuff, which is great having Scott on our team because he's laser focused on that. But anything will help. Twenty five dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars. Uh, buy memberships for friends and family for their birthdays and when they get their carry permit you get a newsletter every other month uh, it really can't be beat the next one is if you live in new york you need nytacdefense.com nytacdefense.com use code word gun for hire one word for a discount peter tillam is offering the only legal defense fund that is legal and allowed in the state of New York. So for $35 a month with the discount, it's like $32 a month. You can't afford not to have that if you live in New York. If you live anywhere else, the other 49 states, you must have U.S. Law Shield. And that starts at $12.50 a month. Use code word gun for hire, one word. Don't forget John Petrolino's book, Decoding Firearms, available at the gun store here, Aberdeen Guns in Monmouth County, and Amazon and Kindle. Uh, my doctor is Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Concierge Medicine. No more sitting in septic, stinky doctor's offices. <laughs> Uh, check out Dr. Joe Sambatero for as little as a few hundred dollars a month. You too can have concierge medicine. No more than 250 patients in his entire practice. Uh, remember, Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club in Carteret, New Jersey, is looking for junior rifle members 12 to 18 years old to learn firearm safety and to compete in small bore and air rifle competition. Visit lakeis.org. Tell Tony Gallo I said hello. Zen Float Center on Park Avenue in Scotch Plains. Zenfloatcenter.com. Go down and see Sharon Decker. Uh, word to the wise, uh, first-hand effect. Don't eat psilocybin, magic mushrooms, before you go into the float center. Just put, just, just, just putting that out there. 
support those who support you. Aberdeen Guns in Monmouth County. Tell John Seller I said hello. John bought me a fat gift certificate for Christmas. I'm going to kill him when I see him. Uh, don't forget our other news source out there. News number two, letter A dot com, news two A dot com. Please listen to the Varsity Firearms podcast with John Valenti. Last week he had John Petrolino on, the Penn Patriot. So again, keeping that circle tight, supporting those who support you. Standstrong.biz just surpassed 470 pro Second Amendment businesses, products, and services. ANJRPC is on Standstrong.biz. Scott Bach didn't even know it. I put it on there a long time ago. And, uh, Scott, uh, a date for you to write down, October 2nd, Scott, we are having the North Jersey Friends of the NRA Banquet at the Tides in North Halden. Anybody interested in attending, uh, donating a product or service, volunteering or helping, FOD1 at optonline.net. John Acapinti is looking for supporters. Scott, uh, John Acapinti is going to be inviting you, Evan Knappen, and Dan Schmutter to attend that dinner because we're planning on having 500 people show up for that event. So I think Excellent. it's going to be it's going to be quite epic, Scott. So please you and uh, your significant other save the date of October 2nd, 2024. I've now given you 10 months notice, so you can't tell me you didn't have <laughs> uh you'd have something planned. Forget it, not happening. So so Scott, let's talk about uh the other two cases that we have obviously uh how they got stuck together and what 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 you're feeling on those two cases which is the evil features and obviously the the magban case later on you can mention because i get all the time when are we going after fid card when are we going after training when are we going after references and you talked about that before we're waiting for the these couple of big cases to, to, to percolate through before we address those little cases. But for now, the, we have three major cases floating. So you discussed the first half of the show. You discussed Carrie and your feelings. So now we have these other two cases. So And we get a ton of questions about this and a ton of people come in and ask me. So now I'm just going to be telling them, go listen to show 659 and leave me alone. Hit it. <laughs> okay, so the magazine ban case... Uh, and the assault firearms case. Okay, they they they, you know, one the one obviously is challenging New Jersey's ten round magazine limit. Okay, the other is challenging New Jersey's very long standing assault firearms ban since before the federal assault weapons ban, which has since been repealed. Yep. Both of those cases, well, the mag ban case was started like in two thousand eighteen. Went all the way up pre-Bruin and um, was being held by the U.S. Supreme Court when Bruin was decided. And right after Bruin, the U.S. Supreme Court said, we've now made new rules that would affect the outcome of this case. Go back, you know, to, uh, you know, go back to the start button and uh, go back to the lower court and re-decide the magazine ban case under the new rules. Okay, and so that process began immediately after the Bruin decision. Um, at the same time, the Bruin rules made it clear that assault firearms bans, like New Jersey's 1991 ban, are definitely on the chopping block. And so ANJRPC, within a very short time after the Bruin ruling, started a lawsuit to overturn the assault firearms ban, which, which by the way, just as a quick side thing, it's... it's has nothing to do with assault firearms. It's a semi-auto ban. It, yep. it is. It's targeted at most of the most commonly owned uh, firearms that are out there. Okay. It it falsely calls them assault weapons. It demonizes them and attempts to ban and, and get rid of them. So through a series of legal gyrations, which I'm not going to go into, those two cases got combined in the same court. Okay, so we have a long-standing since 2018 magazine ban challenge uh, that that was sent back by the U.S. Supreme Court with a, a combined with a brand new assault weapons ban challenge, and the lower court in that case picked a path that has occupied like the last 10 months. I don't personally agree with the course that it picked, and I'll explain what I mean in a second. 
okay? Under Bruin, you're supposed to look to text history and tradition to decide whether, for example, a hardware ban, if there is no text history or tradition in law of banning these things, they don't get banned. They're not bannable now. There has to be a historical precedent where these things were historically banned in order to justify a ban today. And so you would think that the, the way to approach, for example, the magazine ban or the assault firearms ban is to say, okay, show me the law in New Jersey, okay, from the you know, pre-1800s that supported, historically supported banning hardware in this way. Okay, so you would think, okay. There ain't none. Well, there ain't none. So normally <laughs> the way that would happen is you do what's called a motion, which is basically you write up papers, submit it to the judge, and say there is no such thing. And the other side attempts to claim there is. The judge makes a decision. It's pretty cut and dry. But the judge in this case, who's a Bush II appointee, W appointee, mm -hmm. um, said, well, we need what's called discovery, quote-unquote discovery, in order to figure out whether there's any text history or tradition. Now, discovery is a very different process than a, than a standard motion. Okay, in a motion, you're asking the court to rule on something as a matter of law. Discovery, the purpose of discovery is to poke around out there and see if we can find evidence of something. And there's all kinds of tools for doing that. There's things called depositions where you get to question witnesses. There's things called written questions where you get to to peck at witnesses in writing, okay? And, but the whole thing is, it's geared at modern day witnesses who are still alive. So this whole, let's say, to me it's a tangent, okay? To the court it wouldn't be, but this whole last year has been about court ordered discovery to decide whether there's any text history or tradition. And so what, what has happened is we've gotten into this tangle where each side has a battle of the experts. So we, we now have experts testifying, well, we think there, that, you know, there is a text history and tradition because, and their experts say, well, you know, there isn't a text or vice versa. Okay, it's basically a stupid debate among modern day people about what happened in the 1800s and pre-1800s. And that, in my personal opinion, is not the best evidence of what happened in the 18 and pre-1800s. What's evidence of that is the absence of anything in those eras is the best evidence. Not somebody's opinion today about what it might have been back then. But in any event, the court ordered discovery. We, rather than challenge that order, um, we made a tactical decision to just go along with it. And we spent the last year producing our experts at considerable expense. And the state brought in its cadre of experts, which I put quotes around the word experts. It's basically anti-gun shills that masquerading as experts, uh, giving their opinions about what it, you know, about what should be, you know, saying today what they'd like things to be. So where we are in the, and, and both cases got consolidated before the same court for purposes of discovery. So where we're at now is that discovery has been completed. We are in the middle right now of um, what's called dispositive motions, motions to try to, now that we've completed discovery, we're trying to get the court to rule uh, you know, to dispose of the cases based on the discovery, to, to, make a, to make a finding that these laws uh, should, be, should be overruled or nullified based on uh, Berlin. And uh, so discovery has to be completed, which is, that is expected uh, very early in 2024. And then the court uh, will have to rule on these dispositive motions. The court 
you know, we're in the middle of making those dispositive motions now, and the court is under no time constraints as to when, when, when it's going to decide these motions. So it could, in theory, sit on these motions for a year, but the court, believe it or not, expedited discovery. It made it happen more quickly. So my best guess is that the court is not looking to drag this out. We think the court is going to rule within a reasonable time. Um, I don't know what that means precisely, but I would say I would be surprised if we don't have a ruling within the first half of the 20, you know, by the end of June 2024. So just the bottom line is we're in a slog on those two cases, but, but we're near the end of that slog. And once the lower court rules, there's going to be appeals. Whichever way the court rules, it's going to, we're going to go through the same process we're going through in the Cary case. If we win at the lower court level, the state's going to appeal to the Third Circuit. Uh, it's almost a certainty. And if we lose at the lower court, uh, we're going to appeal to the Third Circuit. Um, and, you know, our goal is to get this issue before the U.S. Supreme Court or to have another case, because there are other cases pending in other parts of the country, get there first and influence what happens in our case. So that's, you know, that's the reality of what's going on. But just to, to bring this into line, you know, I predict at the end of the day, in both cases, we win. Either at the Third Circuit or before the U.S. Supreme Court. And I again, I say that again as a you know, first time in like 25 years doing this where I'm confident in the outcome. There is no basis in text history or tradition uh, for these kinds of laws. And once we have those rulings, it's open season on everything else in Jersey. So, yeah, I, I agree. Once we have those two rulings, then it's the low-hanging fruit, as you speak of all the time, with all the other infringements on we, the people's rights, uh, that New Jersey has been getting away with for the past 50 or 60 years. Yeah, and we're looking probably at a 20-year 20, 20 process, believe it or not, to do that. It's, gonna, it's yeah. not going to happen magically all at once unless somebody wants to donate a billion dollars and we can put together a legal team to pursue, you know, a hundred issues at the same time. Maybe George Soros would kick in. Yeah. 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 Evil. Uh, <laughs> evil. Uh, no so, comment. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, Scott says 20 years, but the three important cases obviously is carry with sensitive places, the magazine, uh, 10 round magazine, uh, limit and of course the evil features on the assault but, rifle imagine being able to have an ar-15 with a retractable stock ladies and gentlemen oh my oh the joy but, but uh, here's let, let me just make this real okay if we get another u.s supreme court ruling uh on carry okay that will encompass carry of anything so it will have a broader uh, application to knives to pepper spray like you can carry a gun you know that implies that there isn't anything you can't carry if you have you know broad ruling saying you can't ban a class of firearms called us quote assault firearms okay or magazines that that hold more than a certain amount of rounds if 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 there's precedent set by the u.s supreme court on hardware bans that implies that any smaller subset is included in that. And so, you know, depending on how, how much the courts resist, how long they, the lower courts try to resist, we could move at an accelerated pace. But th these are foundational rulings that we have, to, we have to put in place and then build on them. Sure. And then so like it, it becomes, you know, momentum. The train is pulling out of the station and it's going to pick up speed and and energy. And we're, we're there. I mean, we're, we're at the precipice. Scott, we've been in this game so long. We've been friends for so long. Who would have thought? that we would have gotten this. And, and you know what I mean? It's like for years I've heard so many people say, we're never going to have carry in New Jersey. What do we have? We have 27 states now with constitutional carry? 
Yeah. A lot. A lot. I mean, yeah, it's, there's 27 yeah. states that have constitutional carry. We have lower court rulings now across the entire country, right? The Ninth Circuit, the Second Circuit, the, se- the Second Circuit, the Seventh Circuit, the Fifth Circuit. There is just so much going on post-Bruin. And I know you're watching all of this. and. And we know what's going to happen. The Supreme Court has to step in. And like you said, you know, post, uh, you know, uh, civil rights uh, and post, uh, you know, um, uh, abortion rulings. It, this is what's going to happen is we're going to have all of these temper tantrums by the activists and the activist judges. But eventually it's the Supremes. But we really have to keep our fingers crossed that the Supreme Court stays in the balance on our side right now, because I believe it's the last bastion of hope and freedom in this country. Our executive branch and legislative branch are completely bought and sold and corrupt. All we have left is 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 the is the judicial branch. And the judicial branch has been largely infiltrated, in my humble opinion. And that goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. It's been partially infiltrated and, you know, there has to come a day of reckoning on that. Like I'm we, ready. We're all ready. We're beyond ready. I mean, listen, you go to law school like I did and Dan Schmutter did and Evan Knappen did, and you they paint a picture of a magical world where justice is, is given out like a, like a machine. Like, you know, things just are a certain way. And then you experience an issue like the Second Amendment and you see it's a whole different universe. And it's not mechanistic. There are people with opinions. There are people with agendas. And it goes all the way up to the highest court. And it's it's an eye opener. It's horrible. Right. It's horrible because we all think we all think like I talk about it all the time. In New Jersey, people think they're going to have their day in court. And uh, many years ago, we had, I had a judge come in, a superior court judge in New Jersey, and he's a member of the range here. And uh, I have a bunch of them, by the way, but this one was very vocal. He's retired now. And I said, well, you're a gun guy, so when you get gun cases, you know, you must be objective. He goes, oh, I never get gun cases because all 22 counties have a political appointee who's what's known as an assignment judge. And the assignment judge assigns cases to specific judges, and the assignment judge makes sure that pro-gun judges never get the gun cases. So the system is rigged everywhere you turn. So thinking you're going to have your day in court many times is not really your day in court. It's the, the the odds are stacked against you again. If we're it's, gonna be if we're gonna be honest, the courts, not just in New Jersey, but throughout the United States, have largely been infiltrated and justice is you cannot count on justice. No. In the no, US court system. And um, that's just a fact. It's a reality. I mean if and if I mean, anybody who would argue with that, I mean, just read the headlines nationwide and you can see there is a we have a serious problem in this nation. OK, it's our government has been infiltrated. The takeover is almost complete, in my opinion. And we've been given the tasks we've been given for a purpose. OK, and, you know, if you who are listening to this are still listening, it's for a reason if you have the passion and of freedom and the second amendment burning inside of you it's for a reason it's not just because it's a hobby or it's fun it's because we're at a moment in history when every effort we make makes a difference it, it there's a destiny coming and we can influence what happens and um you know it's why ANGRPC does what it does it's why i do what i do you know, I mean, Anthony, as you know, we when we met, I was like a practicing lawyer who was <coughs> just getting into guns in the early 1990s yep. and questioning why. And the whole thing is like taken over my life. It's taken over. I gave up my legal career because I was called to this. And you two listening to this have been called to it to whatever extent you're willing, you know, to answer that call. Just understand there's much more going on than just our individual stories and our individual lives and circumstances were part of a much bigger thing that is going on and uh, just know if you're still listening there's a reason for it 
and there's a call to be answered and we need to all keep stepping up even though it seems like we shouldn't have to and now the Supreme Court's ruled and it should all fall into place. Things just don't work that way. We have to deal with reality. We have been fighting the good fight for decades and now the tide has turned and now we have to like come at it with more vigor than we've ever had before. You know, one of the reasons, Scott, people feel frustrated is we've never had a win where then after the win we've had a fight. We've always either held the line or lost ground. Right. Exactly. This is the first time ever a Stockholm Syndrome people, it's the first time ever we're like the battered you know, housewife. We got a win and we thought it was just magically all going to fall into place for us and there's a level of frustration. But because it's the first time we ever won, we're new to this entire higher process that we have to go through because we've always been in a position of holding the ground or losing it. For many years, Scott has been saying, if it wasn't for ANJRPC and our activism, we would have lost a lot of ground. And even though I'm not a big fan of Chris Christie for eight years, he did hold the ground for us. Listen, it's when you wake up and smell the government the way it is, <laughs> it's, it's very sad what we're dealing with. But the reality yes. is the reality and we have to deal with it. So we can lament, you know, where where freedom is, okay, gasping and, you know, for you know you know you know, gasping for air and, you know, somebody trying to extinguish the light of freedom. Or we can just be part of its resurrection. That's what drives me. It's I see it. I feel it. I know it. I've been called to it, and so have you. And, you know, we're part of a, a larger cause, and it's a privilege to be part of it, and it's an honor, and it's like part of like a life purpose and a life mission. And it's, it's all the, I know. It's, it's all the, I know. It's, it's all the, encompassing. It's the it same sucks for the sometimes. People. <laughs> it's, but for the people listening to this podcast, I suggest to you there's a reason you're taking time out to listen this long. It's not just because you like guns. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's great. And it's not just because it's a hobby. It's because you've been called to this moment along with the rest of us. It's because our collective efforts are needed right now. There, We have a mission, there's a purpose, there's something we have to accomplish, and we're fighting somebody trying to extinguish, extinguish something that is sacred and precious and a gift from above. And damn it, we're not going to let it be taken. Somebody's got to put their, their feet down. Somebody's got to get in the way. That's us. That's you. That's me. Okay? That's what drives me. That's what drives all of us. That's why when we, you know, listen, I get asked all the time, ANJRPC put out this alert asking me to call these legislators or write to these legislators. Do, you know, why do you keep doing that when we know that they're not going to respond? It's because they need to know we're still watching. They, the yeah, minute they think right. we're not watching, right. okay, you think it's bad now? It's true. Okay, you wait until, remember the old days, Anthony, when they brought like 30 anti-gun laws at the same time and <laughs> railroaded them instead of yep. picking one right. or two? Okay, we'll be back to those days in a heartbeat. There is a reason for, for all of it, and it all makes a difference. It may not be... A direct noticeable difference but there is a, an energetic impact and lawmakers know that they're not going to have an easy time with us okay they know they better pick their fights carefully and their battles carefully and they know we're, we're here they know we're watching and they know we're not going away so and now they know we're starting to win okay which means they're starting to lose and, so true. and that they're going to lose the big one. OK, and we're going to make that happen. OK, it's like, you know, this is these are giant battles, but there is a war that we're in and we have to win that war. Man, Scott, you very inspiring show today. I am so glad we had you on. I'm so glad the the the, the other eight guests we invited before you canceled. <laughs> 
and we were we managed to prioritize and get you on the show, even though even though you already gave them their honorariums, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, org. Please support those who support you. Uh, fighting for our rights since forever. Um, stay tuned. Like this show. Share this show far and wide because the other side does not want us to have this knowledge. They do not want us to have this power. Please continue to support everybody. Scott, from myself and the other one million uh, gun owners in New Jersey Plus, we thank you so much for the coordination and the effort and the, the legal uh a council and the legal advice and just being the spear in the legal aspect here is um, it's, it's priceless Ditto. Sandy uh, Scott do you have anything you'd like to close with before Sandy cuts you off no just just keep the faith we are winning we're going to continue to win we're going to build on it be patient stay the course well well said yes well it looks like you've done it again you've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to gun for hire radio gun for hire radio is a counting media production music using this broadcast is managed by cosmo music new york new york on behalf of our show host master trainer anthony calandro author of crime proof think like a criminal and beat them at their own game which he failed to mention this show i'm slow he's but he's slow today we love you guys. It's available everywhere. Uh, all bookstores and the gun shop, bookshop, gun range, known as Gun for Hire, where Anthony frequents from time to time when he's not sunning his ass down in some floor. Yes. We, <laughs> we love you guys. Scott, thank you so much for every, every, everything that you do and for being a guest and tolerating the two of us. <laughs> well, uh... God willing, Jesus Towers and the batteries hold out from the shadows of the New York City skyline and the beautiful Gulf Shores of Alabama, where today I'm freezing my ass off. Good. At 66 degrees. Good. So. <laughs> I hope it rains. <laughs> well, it's still sunny, but Shit. there you go. We love you guys. See you next week.